<laughs> All right. So uh, God is good. Amen. All right. Uh, Brother Jim's going to come and minister to us this morning and open your heart to God. Amen. You have a mind. Good morning. I tell you what, I was in law enforcement a long time. And there's something that I learned being in law enforcement on the fire department. You can't be afraid. I used to have a saying that said that, you know, you've heard the term safety first. Well, especially if you're in the fire department and law enforcement, you have to be safety third because you have to do a whole lot of dangerous things that you may not have to have the option of doing it safely. We had some officers that were under fire at a, a house on the other side of the county and called for help. And when I got over there, the other, some of the other officers had put up a barricade to the road to get down to where they were. And I said, where are they? They said, they, they, they way down there. I said, well, move your car so I can get down there. And I pulled up to the side of the place, the house they were. Got out, got out of the car. I mean, I was taking cover. I don't think I walked up on the front porch and knocked on the door. But I started yelling for the officers. And they, they yelled back where they were. I said, are you okay? He said, yes, he's already gone. He's run out the back. And when I came back out, everybody said, you have got to be crazy. Why would you do something like that? And I said, listen. The day I got saved, I began to learn that I don't, I don't have to fear death. What the world calls the worst thing that can happen to you, a Christian will understand if that's the worst thing that can happen is taking me to be with my Father in heaven, then so be it. Amen. Now, I, I, I'd like to live some more years. But I'm just as happy going on to heaven now if that's what God's will for my life is. I will not live in fear. Fear is a liar and I will not be lied to every day of my life like the world tries to do. I won't. I will not. God wants me to move from something into something else and if I'm afraid, I will not move. How many of us are happy to live in slavery just because we're fed and got a bed to sleep on? Not me. I'm coming out. I'm going into something new, something that God has planned for me, that, that greater yes, as the song says. We're going to be talking this morning about when God brings us out of something is to, to take us into something new and something better. We're going to be in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1. It says, Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and I will make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, and curse him that curse thee. 
And in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, it's funny. I don't see a meeting. I don't see Abram saying, okay, God, let me think about it. Let me pray about it. Let me ask my, my wife about it. Let me call a deacon's meeting. Let me check with the board of directors. Verse 4 says, So Abram departed. As the Lord had spoken unto him, and Lot went with him, and Abram was seventy and five years old when he departed out of Haran. You got to understand something here. He was comfortable, he was taken care of, he didn't have any need to go. He was actually in his mind probably better off because anytime God tells us to go do something new, to go do something different, to go to a place where we're not supposed to, to suffer through something that we haven't dealt with before, our, our instinct is to, to, to fret and fear and start calculating and start, well, I don't know if it's going to work. I don't know if it's going to work out. I don't know if I can do that. Do you realize your decisions either will bring a great blessing or dire consequences? What if Abram didn't go? We don't know what would have happened. I'm sure God would have chose someone else. But it would have made a great deal of difference of how everything turned out and where we are today wouldn't be the same. Abram and his family would probably fell on a curse because you can't live in disobedience to God and, and have blessings fall out of the sky on you like some people think. We have to be faithful. We have to do what God says. Abram was brought out of his father's land to become a great nation, but he had to come out. He couldn't become a great nation and stay where he was. He can't get half the blessing. I don't want to be sent out to become so-so, do you? When God is using me, when God is sending me out, when God has a task for me, and every single one of us as Christians have a task that God has set for us. I don't want it to be so-so. I don't want it to be mediocre. I don't want it to be, well, we did a pretty good job. I want at the end of my road, when my last word is spoken, when my last breath is taken, I want what God did through me to be a great thing. I don't want people to say at my funeral, oh, if he would have just done what God said. 
Think how much better he would have been. Oh, if he would have just listened more to God. Just think what he could have accomplished. Joseph was brought out of his father's tents and went from the pit all the way to the palace. At any point in his, his life, uh, getting up to the, to, to the point of being put in charge of the whole civilized world, if he would have turned from God and, and began to fear and, and lose his faith and try to do things his way, he would have either stayed in the pit, he would have stayed in Potiphar's house, he would have stayed in the prison, and never made it to save everyone from the famine. God had a great thing. He was comfortable. He was his father's favorite child. Made his brothers hate him, but he was his father's favorite. His brothers had to go out and work in the fields. He was at home. If you'd have asked him if he wanted to go, he would have probably said no. But there he was. Standing in front of Pharaoh, being faithful to God, serving God wherever he was. And he became great, and his name is still great today. The Hebrews came out of Egypt into the promised land. But you have to understand the time they spent in the wilderness was on them. They were three, three and a half days from the promised land. Got to, remember, they got to look into part of it. But what happened? Sure, they were giants and the, the men were huge. But they're not bigger than God. They might have had power, but they're not more powerful than God. So out of the ones that went in to spy, only two of them said, we can take them. Said the clusters of grapes were so big it took more than one man to carry. But I want you to know as they traveled on and they went through and they, they entered the promised land, when they went into Rahab, she said, listen, we've heard about you guys. We don't want you to destroy us. I'll help you any way I can. See, I want the enemy to hear me, to hear that I'm coming. I want the enemy to know that I'm on my way. And I want the enemy to say, wait a minute. We've heard about what God's doing with you. We've heard about the things that have been taking place. And we're here to help you any way we can. And we need to claim that today. We need to claim that authority over the enemy. David went from the field to the battlefield to the throne of Israel. Now I'm going to tell you, it sounds like, it sounds like David, little David was a good old country boy. <laughs> he stayed outside most of the time, killing, killing bears and lions and protecting the sheep. He, he, I mean, other than the, than the slingshot battle every once in a while, he had it pretty good. Father didn't think much of him. 
How many of y'all are in a place in your life where you got somebody that, that should, should be helping you and promoting you along that may not think much of you? Do you think that stopped David? When the, when the prophet said, bring all your sons in, I'm coming to anoint the next king, and he didn't even bring David in. You think that stopped David? We may not understand the move of God, but we have to trust it. See, God is bringing not just our nation. He's bringing this world out of something. We're, we're fixing to go into something different. Those of us that have lived through things, tragedies, we understand that Things when, when things go on like this, it's not the same anymore. But that's nothing to fear. All these examples, and there's many, many more throughout Scripture that I can give you, all these examples were people who came out of something into something else that they didn't know, they didn't understand, they weren't sure of. But every single time when they trusted God and they believed in His Word, and they stood firm on His promises, and made decisions based on what God says to do and not to do, they were blessed, abundantly blessed. First Corinthians 13.11 says this, When I was a child, I spake as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, charity, these three, but the greatest of these is charity or love. Now, I'm going to love instead of fear. I'm going to have faith instead of fear. We don't understand what's going to happen. That says we see through the glass darkly. It means that we don't understand what's happening next. We can't see it clear. You know, it's beautiful how Jesus used uh, birth to describe salvation. Have you ever thought about the fact that when a child's in his mother's womb, he can hear some things in the world. He's in the world. They say he can, they can hear some things, they can see light. They can kind of sense when mama's distressed or upset. But they're, the sight that they have, what they can see, touch, taste, and feel is limited. And then they're born. Jesus called it born by water. Now they're out, and they think they can see everything. They think they know everything now. They've been delivered from this dark place. But the Bible tells us that they've came from one dark place into another dark place. And what's the first thing a child wants? They want to be fed. They, they want their diaper cleaned. They want to go to sleep, but they want to stay awake. That is a baby's life. 
That's all the needs that that baby has is food, being cleaned, and, and getting enough sleep. And they still fuss about it. <laughs> and as, a, as we get older, we start to see things and, and the world looks pleasing to us. And, th and we, start, we start believing the world and we start living like the world and we start doing like the world says to do. Until that day that the Holy Spirit convicts us of who we've become and who we really are. And Jesus said that when, that when we're born again, the scales fall off our eyes and we begin seeing the truth. Look with me in John 3, starting in verse 1. It says, there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi... We know that thou art a teacher come from God, for no man can do the miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, I like to call him Sneakodemus. Because <laughs> he, was, he was a leader in, in the in the community he was he he would be a what we would call a politician a a ruler a, a someone that was over the affairs of the people but he still he still didn't walk down the street in broad daylight he came to Jesus at night and he had already made up his mind he already knew who Jesus was he already realized the power that Jesus had he said i know where you come from because without God you couldn't do the things that you do but he still had fear he had fear because if he if he didn't have fear he would have invited Jesus to his house we worry too much sometimes about what other people are going to think of us we worry about the things that we do <gasps> I can't believe you did that Listen, if God says go, go. If God says do, do. He says, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you gave me clothes. I was in prison and you came and visited me. Now, I don't know where this virus came from that we're dealing with now. I don't know. I've heard a lot of things. But I do know one thing. When Jesus died on the cross and he went into the bowels of the earth, Scripture tells us, for three days, he took the power of sin, death, the grave, hell. He took all that power away. Now, as Pastor Howard has told us over and over, the devil is roaming around seeking whom he can kill, steal, and destroy, right? What do you think this virus is doing? 
The purpose of this virus is to kill, steal, and destroy. And it's working because we're panicked. We're not little David coming to take on Goliath. We're all the other soldiers that are hiding in the ditch, trembling. Get your five stones and get your sling and get to serving God by fighting the enemy that's all around us that's going to win if we don't come out of this thing into the new thing, the better thing that God wants us to be in. Amen? Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? And Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except a man be born of water and of spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of flesh is flesh, and that which is born of spirit is spirit. Now, you've got to pick a side today. Are you going to live in the flesh? Or are you going to live in the spirit? Are your footsteps going to be guided by your flesh? Or are they going to be guided by the spirit of God? See, the thing about God is this. He doesn't force us to do anything. It's all our choice. I choose spirit. Jesus said, Marvel not that I said unto thee, thou must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh, and whether it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. There is nothing. When God tells you to go, you have to be like the wind. That's what Jesus is saying here. When you're guided by the Spirit, a lot of things aren't going to make sense. A lot of words He says to say are not going to make sense to us. Why am I going up to this person to tell them that everything's going to be all right? I'm going to look fine. They're driving a nice car. They got a good job. Why am I telling God? Why do I have to tell them this? And then you tell them and you find out they've been suffering silently. And we're about to do something they shouldn't do. But because you were faithful, God's always faithful. We're the ones that drop the ball sometimes. If we don't do what God says, then that person's got to wait for the next one God sends. Could have had relief right now, but because we chose to be scared, we chose to be afraid, we chose to be... And I'm going to tell you, it, it's it's weird the first couple times God tells you that. And I've told you all this before. The only regret I ever had in ministry, well, there's two. One, I didn't start sooner. And two, when God told me to pray for a woman, I didn't. She was a big, scary-looking woman working at the Walmart at the cash register. She had a face like a bulldog. 
She looked like she was fixing to kill somebody right then. I didn't want to talk to her, and I didn't know what this new thing was going on. I never experienced it before. So guess what? I just took my change and left. And it took a long time before I got over that, before I, I forgave my, God forgave me, but it took a long time before I got over it. I was afraid. I didn't understand it. I was looking through the glass darkly. I couldn't see everything that was going on or fixing to happen. Now when God says it, I do it. I don't care what it is. Now, I understand Scripture that God's not going to tell me something that's contrary to Scripture. So if you hear a voice that's telling you that, it's not God. But we have to walk like the wind, walk in the Spirit. And I want to tell you something. You know something beautiful about the wind? You don't know where it's coming. You don't know where it's going. But you can sure see what it's doing while it's there. And just like God, I can't see God. I can't see the Holy Ghost. But I can sure see what he's doing. You know, the wind will move a, an oak tree. And the little pine saplings at the same time. Deacon tells me, Daddy, that bag is still in that tree. <laughs> Every time we pull in the driveway, there's a, there's a plastic grocery bag way up in the top of an oak tree out at the house. That wind put it up there. I can't put it up there. And just like that wind having the ability to put that thing way up somewhere that I can't, so will the power of God working through me I can accomplish things I could never do on my own. I can get through things that I could never get through on my own. Because I'm going to tell you, I've been through some stuff. And you've been through some stuff. And you're still here. I'm not going to run and hide. I'm not going to fear and tremble. When the enemy rises up, I'm going to call the enemy for what he is. Powerless. Can't, be, can't do anything to me because I have God on my side. And it's not that I have God on my side, but I have chose to be on God's side. Heard a story about a young man praying that his baseball team would win the game. And he found out after the game that the other team was praying the same prayer. And he asked his daddy, he said, Daddy, how do, which one of us was God on our side? And he told his son, that's not important. Which one of you are on God's side? That's what's important. Now, folks, we are the church. 
We have a work to do in this world that's scary sometimes. We have to care for people physically, spiritually. We can't stop leading people to Jesus because there's a virus. We can't stop reassuring people because there's a virus. We can't show that we're afraid and try to talk people into not being afraid. If what's going on now takes me out of this world, so be it. I will serve God until the day I die. And I won't give up, shut up, or, or I'm going to move on. You can ask my wife. I will not shut up. Amen. <laughs> oh, I was. I expect you to get his microphone. And Jesus said unto him, Are thou a master of Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you earthly things, and you believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you heavenly things? Now this is my charge to the church this morning. Pastors that are at home, people that are watching at home, those of you here, I want you to decide right now if you're only able to handle earthly things. Because I'm not going to tell you any more heavenly things if you can't even handle the, the earthly things. God's not going to tell you any more heavenly things if you can't handle the earthly things. This virus is an earthly thing, and we can handle it. I'm going to speak life in the path of, this, path of this death that's coming. Having this virus is not a death sentence. Rusty said earlier, worrying is a sin. We, we're going to have to spend all our time at, in prayer asking for forgiveness for our fear and our worry. Instead of speaking life and speaking healing and speaking greatness that's going to come out of this. Now we can choose. We've got to choose right now. Do we want to see something great happen? Or do we want to see this thing win? You need to choose your team. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I won't be the first preacher that's died doing God's work. And I won't be the last. But I'm going to serve him and I'm not going to be afraid. Oh, I'm going to wash my hands. And I've got toilet paper. I bought one pack like I normally do. We are giving the enemy not only ammunition, we are joining his army when we panic and act foolish. 
Will you stand with me today and walk through this thing into the next good thing that's coming? Will you trust God? Will you believe in God? Will you serve God? Will you not let what the world is trying to do, what the enemy is trying to do, to do, defeat us? We have to stay together and we have to work for what God says do. It's, I know there's, there's some of us that are, that are watching now, some of us even here maybe, that aren't saved. You are not going to be able to get that fear out of your heart until you are. You are not going to be able to get the power that I've been preaching about this morning until you are. So if you're choosing right now to say, God, I am just, I am not going to do this. I am not ready for this. I've got, th when I've got things I, I've, I've still got living to do. I'm just not ready yet. You better get right. You believe it, you just hadn't confessed it yet. And somebody that says, I don't believe in God, you know what that actually means? I just don't fear God enough to stop sinning. Each one of us, if Jesus tarries, is going to take our last breath on this earth. Everybody's worried about what might happen tomorrow. You may not have today. So I just want you to think about something as we close. Are you ready to fight this battle? Is Jesus the Lord and master of your life? Is Jesus your salvation, your rock? If not, you can get it right this morning. And you can experience that faith, that mountain-moving faith, that sea-walking faith. But you got to let him have your life. you got to let him have everything that you are. The Bible says we are to love the Lord with everything we have and love our neighbor as ourselves. Will you give your life to him today? Not, not just believe he's Jesus, just not believe that he's the Son of God, but trust him. That word when it says believe, in Jesus, there's trust. You trust him that what he says is true and what he did is true. And that's all sufficient. Will you trust him this morning? Will you rededicate your life to him if you haven't been living like you're supposed to be living? Or you've never truly surrendered? You, you've confessed it and you believe it, but you just haven't been walking it. Folks, I see a great awakening, a great revival coming out of this. And the enemy's scared to death. Don't be scared with him. Father God, I lift up every soul that's here.
I lift up every soul that's watching. I lift up every soul.